Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. A songbook there. We're going to sing one together. The Lord is messing with me. Y'all pray for me. I gave Jana outline, and I'm not going to be using any of it, so I'll, be, I'll just be tossing stuff to you here in a minute. Uh, I'm glad I'm saved. Are you glad you're saved this morning? Now, if you're saved, and you take your songbook, go to page 82. Uh, What that means, very simply, is this. There came a moment in your life where you realized that you were a sinner. You had done wrong. Amen? Amen. Anybody here ever done anything wrong? We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. Uh, Raise your hand if you've ever done anything wrong. I want to see if we got anybody in here that's just going to straight up lie today. Amen. Every soul in here, including my not quite one-year-old or two-year-old son, excuse me, who's not in, in this room, has done wrong. Amen. He hauled off and smacked his mama hard on the back the other day, and, and that ain't right. Can y'all say amen? That's wrong. We all do bad things. And if you've been saved, what it means is this. There came a moment in your life where you realized that you had done wrong and that there is no excuse for sin. There is no excuse for sin. One sin is enough to incur the wrath of God because God is so holy that he cannot endure sin. He just can't do it. There cannot be sin in the presence of God. You know what that means? If we have sin, then we cannot be reunited with God. It's very simple. If you've been saved, whether or not you understood everything about that, here's what you knew. You had sinned and the only one that could help you was Jesus. Jesus paid it all. He paid for all of it. He came all those years ago, a couple thousand years ago now, he came to this earth and he came with one goal in mind and that goal was to die. He put on flesh so that he could die. And he did that because he had had a destination, he had a responsibility, a goal. That goal was set in motion when God made a covenant with Abraham all the way back in the book of Genesis that one day he would come to this earth and stand in our place and pay the debt for our sin. And because he paid the debt for your sin, you're scot-free. Amen. That's a little bit more exciting than that. Amen. You're free from sin because he paid it all. So let's take a second, and I want to sing this. We're going to sing it together. We're going to sing it like this. We're going to do verse 1 and verse 2, and then we'll sing the chorus. And then verse 3 and verse 4, and then we'll sing the chorus. All right? I'll lead you. You can stay seated. But as we sing it, I want you to realize this is not just some song that don't apply to you. This, if you're saved this morning, if you have truly been saved, this is your song. It's your story. So, Miss Brandy, you go ahead and give me that key and we'll sing this together. 
I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Now verse 2. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone. Very good. Can change the leper's spots. That was you. And melt the heart of stone. Sing it out on the chorus now. Jesus paid it all, all. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. For nothing good have I whereby thy grace to claim. Was that you? I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. And when before the throne I stand in Him complete, Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Sing out now all together. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed white as snow. Y'all sound awfully good this morning. Jesus paid it all. John chapter 1. We're going to read some verses here in John chapter 1. I don't really have an outline. I wrote down a couple things and we'll just talk about it for a minute. And uh, we'll pull some verses from 1 John chapter 1 as well. John chapter 1 and verse number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is eternal. That's what John chapter 1 verse 1 through 3 is telling us how that Jesus was not a man that was created in the womb of Mary. We talked about this in Sunday school today. How that Jesus was not a human being who was created and given life in the moment of his miraculous birth. But rather, he was God, and he is God, and he always will be God. In the beginning, John said, was the Word. If you go and you read the Gospels and you read the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, you will find that each of the Gospels comes from a very different uh, perspective. You can look at the book of Matthew and it focuses a lot on his 
kingship. You can look at the book of Mark and it focuses a lot on him as the servant, Jesus Christ. And you look in the book of Luke and how that Luke wanted to emphasize his humanity and Luke being a doctor. And he, he showed a lot of those things from his perspective. But when you come to the book of John, there is only one aspect of the Lord Jesus Christ that John was particularly interested in showing, and that was that he is God. Amen. He is the servant, Jesus. He is the Son of Man, Jesus. He is the King of Israel, Jesus. But He is the Son of God. He is the Word. And He was there in the beginning with God. And John wanted to make sure before he said anything else that everybody knows He is not just some man. He is not just some prophet. He is not just some good preacher or good teacher. But He is God. Jesus is God this morning. He is God. He is so much God that the Bible tells us that there was not anything made that was made. Nothing that was ever made in the creation of all things was made without Him. Let me ask you a question. I asked our teens this morning. Y'all getting a little bit of a recap. Y'all can stick with me, can't you? How did God create light? What did He do? He spoke it. He said, let there be light. What does it take? What do you got to have to speak? What do you got to use? You use words. John said this, in the beginning was the Word. And if you look at that word, word in John chapter 1 verse 1, it's a capital W word. Because that word is not a thing, it's a person. That word is not an idea, it is an individual. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Word and He is God. In 1 John chapter 1, John wrote this, and very, very similarly mirrored to his first chapter in the book of John as he wrote the Gospels, he wrote this in his first epistle. He said, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the Word of life. See, that word is Word with a capital W. He said this, we have seen Him. He said this, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye may that ye also may have fellowship with us and, our, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. What, what, is, what is John saying to them? To strengthen and encourage their joy. He's saying this, hey, maybe you're thinking because Jesus isn't here right now in the flesh, that you should doubt Him. But don't. He said, take our word for it. We've seen Him. We heard Him. We touched Him. I believe John, as he wrote that word, our hands, he said, we, we, our hands have handled, we, we've touched Him. I, I believe he remembered that day, sitting there with all of his brothers in Christ, laying over on the bosom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if you ever forgot the feeling of the warmth of his, his chest as he laid his head over on the darling Son of God. I wonder if you ever forgot the sound of his heartbeat in his ear or his voice in his ear vibrating. You know what it feels like when you put your head on the chest of someone you love and they speak, you can hear it so clearly? There's no way to miss what they're saying when your head is laying on their chest there where that air comes up from their lungs that John was so close that he could not miss anything that the Lord would say. 
That's why he wrote so many more things that the Lord said in the book of John from chapter 13 down to the point of his crucifixion than any of the other disciples. I'm convinced he heard more. And it meant more because he was so close. And he said this, Our Lord Jesus is not just some man. He did not die and is now dead. But he is God and he ever lives. Amen. Amen. He's eternal. Our Lord Jesus is eternal. He is not just eternal. John said, in the beginning was the Word. He was there in the beginning. And in Him, he said in verse number 4, he says this, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's speaking of John the Baptist. And the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the capital L, light, that all men through him might believe. The Lord said this, rather, through, his, through, this, uh, through this gospel of John, is that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John has penned these words. He said, He was the Word, and He is the Word, and He always will be the Word. Amen. That is Jesus. Jesus is the one, by the way, who said He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That means He always has been and He always will be. He is eternal. And that's Him as the Word. They're in the beginning and they're in the end. He is and always will be the Word. But He's not just the Word in that He is eternal, but He is the light in that He is illumination. John said this. He said there was that man John and he came to bear witness of the light. He was not that light, verse 8, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So why is John saying all that about light? Well, in 1 John chapter 1, he said this in verse number 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. Here's what John said about light. He said, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. And in John chapter 1, he said this. He said that the Lord Jesus was that light, the light that had come, and that light had come for a very specific reason, and that light was to light every man that cometh into the world. That's verse number 9. That was the true light of John chapter 1, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Here's what he's saying. God, the Son was there in the beginning with God. He spoke all things into existence. When He created things, He created them from the essence of His own power and being. Amen? God created light because He is light. The light came forth from Him, and He said, let there be light, and there was. And He put the lights in the sky for us, the sun, and the stars, and the reflection of the moon, all for us, and all that is a physical light. And God created that light in the very, very beginning. Very soon after that light had come in the beginning, darkness fell on humanity. As sin entered once into Adam and Eve, and then into all men, therefore, as we are all come from the seed of Adam, amen, we are all sinners. And you know what sin is? It is the opposite of light. Sin, I told you before, cannot be born by God. God cannot bear sin. He will not excuse it. He will not look over it. The only way that sin can be dealt with is to be covered or cleansed. 
Say that with me. It's to be covered or cleansed. That's the only way that sin can be dealt with. It cannot be excused. Mankind wants to excuse our sin, don't we? Amen. We want to excuse our sin. We want to say, well, I know it's not good, but I had a bad childhood. I know it's not right to talk that way, but it's not that big a deal. But everybody else is doing it. Amen. We hear a lot of that, don't we? Did you know that God will accept no excuse for sin? Sin is darkness and God is light. And here's what John said. God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. Neither, another place said neither shadow of turning. There's not a shadow or a hint of darkness in God because He is all light. Amen. He is altogether good and lovely and pure and holy and there is no darkness in God. Jesus Christ the man. He came down to this earth as a baby born to a virgin and he became manifested in the flesh. We read about that in 1 John we, or in John chapter 1 we read about it. We'll look at it again how that he put on this flesh and he he became a sinful man. Another place it said he condescended. It said that he, he manifested himself and that he humbled himself taking on the form of a servant Philippians said. And in doing that, you know what he did not do? He did not put on sin. Because Hebrews tells us we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You know why Jesus was without sin? There's, let me put it like, there's a lot of debate amongst the old theologians about whether or not Jesus Christ could have sinned. But let me submit this to you. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you think about that. What matters is that you understand He never did. Amen. He never sinned. There, we talked about this in Sunday school. Out in the desert, 40 days, hungry. The devil comes along. He says, why don't you turn that rock into bread? What's the big deal? It's just a little bread. Y'all know what I would have done? I'd have turned it into a steak. I'd have had a five-course meal right there. What's the use in all this power if I can't even feed myself? Because I am a sinner. But him, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Because he's too good for that. He's too good for that. There's no darkness in him. In who? In God. In who? The Word. You know how we know? Because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. So when John said God is light, here's what he said. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They're light. Later he's going to talk about all three of them and in a later chapter he's going to say these are the three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's them. And they are light and in them is no darkness whatsoever. There cannot be any sin in Jesus Christ. And therefore him being so much light he put on flesh so that he could come down here to us and shine the light on you and me. You know what that light does? It shows the things you can't see real well in the dark. You ever walk through your children's bedroom at night? I was walking through the, the room upstairs where we got all the kids' toys last night and the light was on in the bathroom, but I didn't flip the light on in there and I tripped. I didn't fall, but I tripped and kicked this toy and busted my toe and about broke the toy. Amen. And you know why? Because it was dark in there. And also because my kids left a mess. And I thought, I'm going to be dealing with that one now. 
stumble, kick, trip. I've always been clumsy. I need extra light, okay? I need somebody to hold my eyes open and point them down sometime. But Jesus said this, I'm going to come down and I'm going to put on the flesh and everybody that got around him, they got some light. And some of them, they became illuminated. You know what that means? They let that light shine on them, and they saw those things in them that were darkness, and they said, it's time for a change. Mary Magdalene was one of those. Nicodemus was one of those. All the disciples, some of them. How about that maniac, Gadara? What did that light do to him? When that light shined on him, it didn't just show all the problems, it showed all the devils and demons in him. But guess what? After the light shined on him, people came from town, they saw him sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. Because here's the truth. When you get around the light, you won't leave the same way you came. I'd argue the Pharisees weren't the same. Now, they responded to the light very differently. The Pharisees responded to the light by doubling down on their darkness and saying, we got to get this light out of here. But they weren't the same. Were they? Their whole world got flipped upside down. Their veil got ripped in half. Everything that they knew before was very different after the light. That light, it illuminates. It shines light on things. It shows that darkness. And here's what John said. He said that the light came that he might light men. He said it's that light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That's what he said about him. And in 1 John, he said that this light that comes, that if we say that we have fellowship with that light, and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I believe when he wrote those words, he was remembering some of them Pharisees who said, oh, we're good and we are righteous. Look at us. Look how righteous we are. But they were liars. God, the Lord told them they was liars. Told them they was hypocrites. Multiple times he told them, hypocrites, he yelled it with an exclamation mark. John, when he looked at that light and he saw those, he said, there's some who would say, I have fellowship with light, but they're walking in darkness still. And here's what John said. If you're doing that, you're lying to yourself. It's a lie. This is the message he said that we've heard of him. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us. From all sin. Verse 8 says, if we, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Christ is eternal. He was there in the beginning with God and He is God. Christ is illumination. If you get around the Word of God, that capital W, Word of God, you say, how do I do that? His Word shines the light of the Gospel on your life and the truth of what it says, not twisted and manipulated by men who desire to control people or people who are trying to, again, excuse their sin. And so they twist the words of God, but rather you pick up God's Word and you read it and you believe it with your heart and you see that light, well, it's going to have an effect on you. That's illumination. 
He said this, Christ is not just illumination, but He is very, very important. I want you to hear this. Verse number 10 of John chapter 1. He was in the world. And the world was made by Him. And the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. What a sad story. Y'all ever heard of that show, Under, what was it, Undercover Boss? Y'all heard of that? I don't, the whole premise of that show is that the owner of a company or someone high, a high up would come into a lower setting in that employer, uh, in that place of employment, and they would go in and undercover, nobody knew who they were, and see what was really going on down there. Here's Jesus walking around on the streets of Jerusalem. The light that is shining down out of heaven and putting pigments into the skin on His arms, He spoke it into existence. The dirt in His feet, He took it and formed man. Every word that comes out from a human toward Him, forth from that breath, that He breathed into man a living soul. Every tree, every drop of rain, every breeze of wind, every call of every beast and every bird, every fish of the sea, He was there and remembers when the first one was made because He made it. And here they are, rejecting Him. You ever looked at a kid and said, I brought you into this world, I can take you out? (laughs) No one could say that with the authority that Jesus could. He came to this earth, and His coming to this earth, I want you all to hear what I'm telling you right now, is the most important event in the history of creation. It's more important than creation. It's more important than the revelation. It's more important than anything going on in in Washington, D.C. Anything going on in Russia. Anything going on anywhere in the world at any point, any time. Nothing is as important as that man in that body who was God coming right down here where we are to walk with mortal men. Why? Why would they turn their head from Him? Don't tell me they didn't know. The Pharisees sent those men to go collect Him, and they come back with their tails between their legs and said, Man, never a man spake like this man. There is just something about Him that when He spoke, it either drew them in or it pushed them away. And you know what I think the difference was? Those who were willing to receive the light and those who were only willing to reject the light. Ain't that right? Those who were willing to receive light and they wanted what was true, like Nicodemus, he came in the dark and he snuck over to see the Lord, but he wanted to know what is true and there's just something here I need to know. What is it? And it was his being calling out to God because there he was. 
Whereas there were those who were sick and those who were weak and those who were lame and those who were blind that when they heard His voice and they heard of Him, all they could do was come. And that woman who had that issue of blood for all those years, she said, if I could just touch the hem of His garment, that there was something about Him that, that when He came around, people would come and flock to Him. What was it? He was light. He was life. He was different. He was God. He was the most important person who ever drew breath. The most important one to ever place a foot in front of the other or to open his mouth and speak. And then he went home. And in his hometown, they said, isn't this just old so-and-so? He came into his own. He came into his own. The people he made and the nation he chose. And they rejected him. Not only did they reject him, but they chose him over a murderer. And they said, let his blood be on us and our children. Funny that they would say that. Because here's what John said. John said that if they would come to the light and walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. In mocking Him and hating Him and rejecting Him, they said, let His blood be on us and our children. And what they didn't know is that is exactly what they needed. He's light. He's, he's eternal. He's illumination. He's the most important thing. The most important one as we come in here this morning, and we gather and we go and we put on our Sunday best, whether it's a tie or a polo or a dress or, or just an, uh, a t-shirt and a pair of shorts. Whatever we put on, we try to look nice, comb our hair. The only time of the week we comb our hair, some of us, amen. Right? Take a shower, get cleaned up, spray on some smell good and go out the door. And we come here. But Why? Bless me, preacher, if you can. Right? Give me a little something. Give me a little pick-me-up. Give me a little shot in the arm. Do something. That's not why we're here. That's not why I'm here. When I pray, I pray, God, give me the word that you, that you have for your people. And this morning I got up early, and last night I'm studying, and I'm looking, and I'm praying, and I put together an outline, and I'm thinking, all right, this is, this is good, and the Lord's helped me with this. And then I walk in here this morning, and the Lord says, nah. You know why? Because this is not about my outline. And it's not about how much Scripture I can quote. And it's not about my knowledge of the Bible. And it's not about tickling your heartstrings. And it's not about shooting those things in your life that need to be shot. My job is to follow the head. You know who the head is? He's the light of the world. He's the light that's coming to the world to lighten all men. He is the eternal Son of God. He's the one who looked down at us in all our sin. I told you, the only way you can come even close to God with sin is to have it covered or cleansed. And When Jesus was born, there was only one option. Covered. Just put it off a little longer. Sacrifice a bull. Sacrifice a goat. Sacrifice a lamb or a dove. 
Put it off a little longer. Put it off a little longer. Put it off a little longer. Cover our sin for one more year. Cover our sin for a little while longer. God, have mercy. God, have mercy. Take the sacrifice. God, have mercy over and over and over and over and over and over again. Really, it was a defeatist mentality. There's nothing we can ever do to truly free ourselves from our sin. If we don't do our sacrifice, then God will hold us accountable. What a terrifying prospect. Can you say amen? How many of y'all forget things on a daily basis? Important things. Amen. Here we are. It's, uh, we just got to do what little we can to cover it up. And here comes Jesus. And he looks around. And he says, they just can't do it. Hebrews said, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. I know I've preached it and I know I've told it. We talk about that event when that great terror came on Abraham and then Abraham saw as there was a great smoking furnace and there was a burning lamp. And there's the lamp, the Lord Jesus. That light that shines our path. And there's that burning, smoking, fiery furnace in God the Father walking in our place. It says, what happens to this sacrifice happened to me if I don't keep my side of the covenant. And Jesus stood in for us. And now, hundreds of years later, here He comes. He comes riding into Jerusalem on a colt of a donkey. And they fan those leaves. Hosanna to the King. Just days later, He's hanging on the cross. Why? It's so that you and me could be accepted. There is no excuse for sin. Are y'all with me this morning? There's no excuse for sin. You lied. You sinned. You said an ugly word. You sinned. You thought something hateful in your heart towards someone else. You sinned. You coveted. You sinned. You committed fornication. You sinned. Amen. Every day, we struggle just to walk right. Don't we? And guess what? We can't. We can keep trying, and you ought to keep trying, but the truth is, and we can have victory over sin, but I, I don't, honest to God, I'm telling you right now, I'll never reach a place in my life where I'm above sinning. All it takes is one bad day, and suddenly... I'm a wreck by nightfall. How about you? We sin and we fail and we sin and we fail and we sin and we fail. How can I ever walk good enough that He will accept me? I can't. The only way I'll ever be accepted is on somebody else's recommendation. Isn't that right? Here's what John said. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 
And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 1, verse number 8, he said this. He said, If we have no sin, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. You know what that means? If there's somebody here right now and you're sitting there and your arms are crossed and you're laid back and you're thinking, when is lunch? I haven't done anything wrong. I don't have anything to worry about. I'm fine the way I am. I don't need to hear anything this preacher's got to say. You are deceiving who? You ain't fooling me. And guess what? If you are, who cares? You're not fooling God. God knows the truth. So why don't you quit trying to make excuses to yourself and make excuses to God and say, you know what? I have sinned. I'm not right. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, what's the qualifier? If we confess. You know what that means? You can't keep saying you got no sin. It's time to fess up. That's what that word means. Confess, fess up, let it go. Let it out. You don't got to come and tell me. I'm not going to take you to a confession booth. None of that. But you know who you do have to confess it to? Yourself and to God. Quit lying to yourself. Quit trying to lie to God because you can't. Confess our sins. Confess. I have sinned. I've done wrong. Me. Not them. Not her. Not him. Look at me. Young people, I'm talking to you too. Me. I've sinned. I did it. I did wrong. I did it. And if I don't have forgiveness, I'm in big trouble. But if we confess our sins, guess what? He is faithful. and He is just to forgive us our sins and to What's that word? There's only two ways that God will accept us through sin, and it is covering and cleansing. One of those is a whole lot better than the other one. If you go to your child's room and it looks nice and clean and you open the closet and it all comes pouring out, it looked good at first. But then you found out that underneath there was something that didn't belong. But when something is cleansed, it's all gone. It's gone. It's clean. It shall be washed white as snow, though our sins be as scarlet. Amen. That with His blood, He might cleanse us. The verse says, from all unrighteousness. What a good God. What a good God. What a good God. What a good Savior. What a loving and merciful God that He would look down on us who have wronged Him, who have sinned against God, who have sworn, who ha who's lied and stolen and, and committed fornication and, and, and had hatred in our heart towards our brethren. And, and we've gone over here and we've done this and we've gone over there and done that. And amongst us all, there is all manner of darkness. Let's be honest. He looked down at that mess and he'd say this, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Amen. Here's my concern this morning, and, and, and I'm, I'm pretty much done here. My concern is this. 
we've come in here this morning and I think we forget who we're here for. Well, I'm here because uh, my husband's here. I'm here because my wife's here. I'm here because my kids are here. I'm, I'm here because brother so-and-so asked me to come. Right? There's only one reason for you to be here, really. And that's to see and to hear Him. You got cross on the projector. There's a cross back there on that wall. Cross on that Christian flag. Cross on the symbol on the door. Cross is everywhere. Why? So we don't forget. So we don't forget why we're here. So we don't forget that we have sin. So we don't forget that He died for our sins. Say, well, Brother Paul, I'm saved. I already know all this. Amen. It's time for you to get a little bit more excited about it. It's time for when we gather together and we open our, our songbooks or we look up at the words on the screen and we begin to sing, Jesus paid it all that our hearts rejoice in us. You know what John said in 1 John chapter 1? I'm telling you, I've seen Him, I've heard Him, I've touched Him, and I know Him, and I'm telling you this, that He came, and He put on man, He put on flesh, and He died for our sins. You know why I'm telling you this? That your joy might be full. That you could have joy. Amen. Because He is our joy. He is. And that joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that. Amen. He's our joy. Say, Brother Paul, I've been saved. Well, amen. It's time to act like it a little bit. Amen. When we sing, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. That ought to stir you up. Amen. It ought, it ought to move your heart when we're, when we're talking about the Passover and we're talking about the blood of Christ on us and we're talking about Him coming and putting on flesh. It ought to move you. So nothing can move me. Look at verse 10, 1 John chapter 1. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. His word's not in us. But Tim, God help me if I ever make him out to be a liar. He's so good. I just want to make him look better. I want to make him look better. Amen? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. That's, that's what I want to do. We come in here and we'll look in the Bible and we'll talk about things. We'll talk about doctrines and like we do a lot of time on Sunday night. And we'll, we'll talk about different figures in the Bible like David and, and other ones. And we'll, we'll talk about this account. And we'll, like all week in Bible school, we talked about Egypt and Moses and, and the children of Israel. But you'll notice in each one of those lessons in VBS, every time at the end, it came back to one thing. That one thing, that's the central theme of the world. It is literally the hinge that all of history turns on. It is the theme of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, all the way to Jude and Revelation. It's the same theme. And it is Jesus Christ. It is all about Him. So now, nah, Jesus is good and He's God and I know who He is. But this is on me. No, it's not. It's not about you. It's never been about you, Brother Tim. It's never been about me. It's not about your experiences. It's not about what you're going through. It's about Him. And if we say it's not, and we say I'm not doing anything wrong, and I'm okay the way I am, and this is just the way I'm doing it, there's one problem with that. When we do that, Brother Tim, we make Him out to be a liar. He's no liar. 
He is God. He is a good God. He is a loving God. Well, it's been a while since I felt that love. You know what you ought to do? You ought to confess. There's a real good place to do that. And it's right here. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, and the glory is of the only begotten of the Father. There's none like Him. Jesus is the light. He is the life of men. He is eternal. He is illumination. He is important. But if we will confess, y'all hearing me? If we will believe, if we will accept Him, then we can be accepted. Let's all stand. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.